Hi, I'm Dr. Lance K. Ewing, DC from Lone Star Medical Solutions. Today is 30 days to a better back, day five. And the question is, how can I work in the yard like a pro and save my back every time? Today's tip can quite literally make the difference between having to hire an expensive lawn and landscaping crew or doing it yourself. Working outdoors can be both a blessing and a curse for those with chronic low back pain and sciatica. On the one hand, getting outdoors, especially in a beautiful spring and fall, lifts the spirits and gives a sense of pride and accomplishment in, in completing a task to improve the household curb appeal. And on the other hand, it may seem like a nightmare scenario while you're waiting for the HOA Association letter citing that the grass is too high or the bushes are overgrown. Even apartment dwellers can have to make a choice between growing patio plants or not, depending on the amount of work involved. As a young boy, my first paying job helped an elderly lady in her flower garden set across a mountain slope behind her house. There were rows upon rows of flowers and she, while being very nice, was quite particular about how each one presented because she was used to winning the local flower garden award every year. And at the young age of maybe 10 or 12, I thought I was the one doing all the hard work because I was scrambling up and down the ridge while she pointed and shouted out directions. And it wasn't until later that I realized that she actually had the hardest job for it fell on her shoulders to present the town's best flower garden year after year. And my point is that even with chronic low back pain or sciatica, we can still care and nurture for nice things that bring joy into our lives. Don't worry about you practicing or wannabe gardeners out there. I have an entire email and audio and uh, video coming up dedicated to gardening that is coming up this later this month. So the solution is to consider your form when you're doing chores outdoors. The key is to visualize how you perform the following outdoor chores and see if you can do it another way, applying what you've learned in either this email or audio or video. So number one is mowing the lawn. Lawn mowing is one of those chores that can be one of the most fun things we do all week or the most dreaded. Of course, those of you lucky enough to have a large yard and a riding mower might think it equals going to an amusement park as a kid. Because let's face it, who doesn't like riding a, riding a lawnmower? You know, it's fun at any age. But unfortunately, my front and backyards are too small for such luxury, so I just push it. The takeaway is to invest in a self-propelled push mower, meaning the one that goes by itself when you pull on the bar. Its worth is weighting gold over the years, especially if you just steer the thing and turn it when you need to. When considering a push mower, also look for an easy start model. The easier it is to pull the cord, the better chance you have of getting anything else done that day and not tweaking your back. When starting it, try not to lean over to the side, but keep your back straight, bend your legs, and pull with just enough force to start the engine. If you don't need a bag, it'll save you several dumps in the trash and don't worry about it. When turning on the mower, Oh, excuse me, when turning the mower, and when you get to the end of a row, you want to turn your whole body using your feet to pivot and always push standing straight with good posture. So you're always right behind the lawnmower and you're not tweaking it from side to side. Uh, weed whacking, you know, the, 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 the hedge trimmer, whoever invented the straight edge of a lawn is not tops in my books because I use a battery powered uh, edger or weed whacker as I call it in my yard. Um, and I, the reason I use a battery powered because I don't want to have the annoying cord of the electrical model that never quite stretches far enough and the heavy awkwardness of the gas powered ones, even though they're probably much better quality. But the problem is I can never get that professional edge that looks like a clean haircut. And I've resigned myself to believe that they just have better equipment. Regardless of which type you use, the same caution applies. Swing your whole body 
when you turn and not just your back. That means your legs as well and your feet. You need to turn as one unit and not twist at your back because that's where you really can hurt your back. Um, these machines are meant to be on one side of the, of the other or you know one side or the other of your body, and which is already putting you at a disadvantage as far as the low back goes. And so consider, consider switching sides periodically. It will feel awkward at first, but um, it can feel natural. When, you know, once you do it a few times, it can kind of feel natural, like using both hands on a keyboard, even though you might be right hand dominant. So the takeaway is consider a lightweight battery operated, uh, operated edge trimmer with one or two spare batteries to swap out. I always have two or three batteries. That way, um, you know, I can just switch it out and I've got about a quarter acre property, so not, not, not very big. Um, when it comes to uh, tree and bush trim, this one gets a lot of people because it seems harmless. There's something inherently exciting about cutting bushes and tree limbs, and many won't feel the effects till minutes or even hours later, leaving them to wonder what the heck happened when they're flat on, the back, on their backs the rest of the day. I have another power, uh, a battery-powered hedge trimmer, and if I'm being honest, it gives me a license to occasionally scalp a bush without even thinking about it. Um, which, yeah, which gets me in trouble with my wife sometimes. But uh, it's, it's kind of like when a person cuts hair for the first time. You know, maybe you tried it on your, on your child or a sibling and, you know, it all looks good until one side gets a little too short. And then it's like, whoops, well, let's, uh, let's even out the other side. And then you're like, whoops, that side's a little bit short. And before you know it, the razor's out and they've got a, you know, a buzz summertime <laughs> head shave. And, you know, that's, that's the, uh, the downside when you, when you get started with the, the bushes and, you know, trimming those things because it's so hard to get those things even. So I guess um, if you don't want to leave it to professionals, then you just do it a little bit at a time like I do. Uh, the takeaway is when using shears or power, a power trim is to stand tall. Don't reach out over any farther than is comfortable. If the bush or limb is too big, consider using a hand uh, wood saw to cut through it. It takes much less force than clippers. And if the, if the one on the very top is bothering you, just resign yourself to cut it at a lower point, a lower junction. The last thing any of us need is to fall off a ladder just to get at a branch. Um, next is outdoor trash cans. We have in our house three outdoor trash cans. Uh, they picked up, they're picked up one time a week by the city. Two are green trash cans and one is a blue recycling can. The problem is that these uh, can get worn and damaged over the years and my blue can is missing the entire lid. One of my green cans has a bum wheel and yet I drag that thing out every, you know, every week. Um, it's okay if the haul for the week is light, but you know, following a holiday weekend or family get together, they can pr get pretty heavy. Or never mind when it rains, since one of mine's missing the lid, or the sprinklers run, and the blue can is missing the lid, and it gets a, a fourth full of water, and is already a bear to move even before I put anything in it. So I am aware, yes, before anybody says anything, that uh, one phone call to the city might save me some time and grief and get me some new cans. But you know, I always forget until the next week rolls around. Kind of like a, a gym membership, if you know you haven't used it in months or years, and you mean to cancel, and every time you get charged a monthly fee, you're like, oh, I need to, I need to cancel this again. But you never quite get around to it. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of that way with my trash cans. Um, but I am very careful with my back when I roll it. So, you know, I, I don't know if that quite balances out, but you know, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> the, uh, the takeaway for this is if you have a heavy trash can, um, like I tend to have. Take the time to use both hands, uh, grabbing in the middle of the handle, and use one foot at the base. There's usually a little place where you, that you actually can put your foot in, especially with the city cans, and pull the, pull the lid. You don't want to um, push from behind, and you don't want to pull it. You want to push from behind down to the curb because those things, when they're heavy, and if you have a driver like mine that's it's got a little angle to it, those things can, can kind of pick up some speed, and you don't want to be on the front of that thing. You want to be in the back of it just in case it's really heavy, you lose control, uh, it's not going to run over you. 
and, or really, or, or you know, tweak your back. So keep your back straight, use your legs, keep the cans close uh, so they don't get away from you, like we talked about if you have a sloped driveway. Next is watering plants. Uh, that can be an easy chore or a hard one depending on how they sit. So for example, a plant that sits waist high on a waist high table outside versus one that hangs from a hook above a window at shoulder height. Um, do your best to keep plants needing daily water at a waist level or lower because I've got some that I have to actually lift the entire can above my head to water and uh, it's you know it's just not worth it so I, I try to move those around so they're all waist height and um, if, if it doesn't look quite as good as, as somebody else's lawn there or, or you know or, or outside of their house then so be it I'm, I'm resigned to to keeping my back straight and I'm, I'm okay with that <clears throat> uh, next is mulching Let's face it, mulch is heavy. Bags can range from 20 pounds or more, and I always seem to buy the ones that are rain-soaked, easily doubling the weight. These bags can be awkward to carry, to say the least. This project is a wrecked back waiting to happen. And there's three parts, there's three problems in mulching. And so the first one is these bags, they're heavy that you gotta pick them up at your local home project store where most seem to have been sitting in the rainwater for weeks, which means loading each one onto a cart, dragging the already solid heavy cart across the store. Hopefully you're pushing it like we talked about before. Then you gotta load the bags into your car and then you hope to get it all in one trip. Next is the unloading ritual and carrying each bag to its proper location. Lastly is the real backbuster, and that's the lifting and subsequent dumping of the contents, not just in one spot, but scattered all over an area, hoping to reduce the raking time in the end. You know what I'm talking about? You open up the bag and you, you drag it from here to here to here to here to here, instead of just putting it in a big pile because you don't want to rake it. And, and each time you do that, you're twisting your back and you know, you're hoping the bag is get, gets a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter, you know, every second that you do it. And then, and then you realize you haven't opened the bag enough and, and you're, you're trying to shake it. And it's just, it can become a nightmare scenario for your back. So the takeaway is this may be a task that you want to delegate or have somebody else complete. Um, however, if you're like me, you're going to attempt it yourself, and uh, here's how. So if you have a medical-grade back brace, and if you haven't heard about this, we'll talk about this more at a later time, uh, you want to use it during each stage of, the stage of the buying, hauling, and spreading the mulch process. First, when you're buying it at the store, look for the easiest bags at just below waist level to start. Trim your whole body when placing them onto the cart and slowly lower one at a time. Don't toss it in or stack it in a way that'll dump the cart halfway to your vehicle. When loading it to your vehicle, try to slow the process down and put the first bag in the correct place right away. Too often I see people, and I've done this myself, uh, stacking the bags in, in, in like an SUV or a truck uh, only to have them not fit and then they try to move several at a time to shove in the other ones so they don't have to make a second trip and they're trying to get farther back into the truck or the, or the back of an SUV and that's when it can really hurt your back. Um, and then, you know, other people watching you, you know, they might be waiting for your parking space and, and, you know, you could be in for a tweak back and just trying to hurry up before you even leave the parking lot. And so take as many trips as you need to, to the store without overloading your cart or your vehicle. And once you're at home, um, what I do is I put my bags into a wheelbarrow or on a moving dolly. And I can typically stack about three to five bags this way without having to carry them one by one into the backyard. And I drop the bags as close to their final destination as possible so I don't have to move them again. Next, I use scissors or knife to open the top of the bag all the way from, from one end to the other because that reduces the chance that I'm gonna have to shake this heavy bag and, and try to get that mulch out. Then I'll dump it all in one spot as opposed to spreading it around and twisting my back from side to side. I'd rather spend a few extra minutes raking the mulch into place than to be down for the entire weekend in pain. Ah, number seven, the fun one, dog poop pickup. Uh, this is particularly... Um, <laughs> 
well, this, we, we have a lot of this at our house because we have two huge dogs. And we'll get that, into that in a minute. But this is one is uh, fairly straightforward. You, got four, you have four choices um, are to bend over and pick it up. Uh, you can turn the grocery bag inside out and hope not to get any on your hands. Um, you can use a shovel to pick it up, but that can get, it can spill off and get messy. And then you've got this, this shovel that, that doesn't smell that great. And the third is to, uh, pay your kids or grandkids to do it. And I still have had no luck with that with my kids. So that's probably out for most people. Last is to invest in a pooper scooper with the longest handle you can find. So your back remains straight as possible. Mine has these claws. So I squeeze it and the claws open on the end. And I'm able to scoop it up and drop it easily into a bag. And I leave the scooper outside by the trash can. So I only have to clean it occasionally. And um, you always have the option of hiring somebody to do, to do the dirty work. Um, yes, there are actual companies that specialize in that sort of thing. And I used to have one that, that did mine and, until I realized that it was actually ridiculous to have somebody come pick up your, your dark food uh, when it just takes a few minutes. So uh, the takeaway is to decide how you're going to perform this chore and stick to it. The investment in a pooper scooper is worth its weight in gold for me. As uh, We have two dogs, uh, two labs, and uh, one is 160 pounds. And um, he's a, a white lab, and we have a silver lab is 140 pounds. So it is true that uh, what they say, that the bigger the dog, the bigger the poop. <laughs> and um, I'm going to repeat just uh, from a previous email because it's really important with this outside. But um, this is a bonus for carrying anything moderate or heavy in weight. And this absolutely applies to anything outdoors. So when carrying anything from laundry to boxes or any other objects where a turn is required, you want to keep your back straight. We all have key turning muscles on each side of our spines for lifting and back support. When lifting properly, all the muscles on both sides are engaged, giving us more power and it's less likely that we're gonna injure ourselves. Now turn to one side and the muscles on that side contract. At the same time, the ones on the opposite side relax, enabling you to turn from one side to the other. Now consider how much more vulnerable your back is when you're only, your back is when you're only using 50% of your muscles. So consider, I'll say this again, how much more vulnerable your back is when you're only using 50% of your muscles. Well, it's no wonder that most back injuries occur when the back is twisted lifting an object or in an accident. So the takeaway is to notice how aligned your back feels at the, after the end of a long day of household chores and outdoor chores. Take advantage of a, a renewed sense of energy as you tackle your day with less pain and a new yard. So below is a quick guide for outdoor chores ranked from the most likely to wreck your back. So number one is most likely to wreck your back and number seven is not too bad. First one is mulching, horrible on your back. Weed whacking or uh, the edge trimmer is number two. Uh, tree and bush trimming is number three. Four is trash cans, so it's kind of in the middle. They're not that bad, but you gotta, still gotta be careful. Five is plant watering, that's pretty easy if you just put them all at the same level. Six is mowing, super easy. Just stay behind the mower and turn your whole body when you turn. And seven is, uh, you know, the poop scooping is not that big a deal. Um, you know, you can order one of those off of Amazon or Walmart, um, those pooper scoopers and try to get the one with the longest handle and they last, you know, like mine lasts like three or four years each one and, and it's like, you know, 15 bucks or something crazy. So really a good investment in that. Um, so that's it for today and, uh, and I want you to remember to keep moving and tomorrow's a brand new day. I'm Dr. Lance K. Ewing and I'm wishing you the very best day and we'll see you on the next one. If you enjoyed this, please uh, like, subscribe. And, uh, and share that with your friends. Have a great day. Bye.